0: transition as you guys know we've been doing um testimonies to kick off our night and so tonight I actually want to invite the lovely Miss Miranda up um testimonies guys they are such an awesome way to build faith because what one person proclaims and declares the goodness of what God's done in their life um it's just it's just a way to say he'll do it again and so um if you haven't met Miranda too seriously meet her she's one of the most amazing people ever and she loves potbelly so that's the way to her heart so just saying but, yeah, I'm just going to give it over to her to talk to her about um, her testimony about just walking by faith. So,
1: Hey, guys. Like Dale said, I love pot belly. So, you know, it's Valentine's Day. If you feel moved, definitely give me a gift card. Or we can go together. <laughs> I'm joking. But I just wanted to let you guys know and just give a story about how I learned not to rely on things of this world but rely more on God. When I first got to college, I was a Christian, but – God was in the back of my head. I literally just partied, went to class, studied, and did the whole thing over again every weekend. Like, the amount of parties I've been to, unfortunately, my freshman year, I literally can't keep count of. They all just blend together. So this only lasted for about two years, and then, like, end of sophomore year, like, summer 2016, I just got really sad. I, like, felt like I was at rock bottom. I had sorority sisters. I had family. But I felt like no one could help me or give me what I needed. Like, there was a piece of me that just felt empty. And I didn't know what I could do to fill it back up. I'd party and be like, this is stupid. I don't feel good. So I talked to my best friend, and she suggested that I read the Bible. I was like, okay, I haven't done that in a while, so we'll see how this goes. And I read the Bible, and... I just like, felt like God was telling me to start going to church, so I started going to the vineyard, and I started going to Alive the beginning of my junior year, and that's when like things just changed drastically. What changed the most about me, though, is that I surrendered my heart to Jesus. I realized that I didn't want to party. I didn't want to like seek attention from guys or from... excelling in class. I wanted to strive for Jesus and the love that he gives me. So I remember in September 2016, I asked the Holy Spirit to, like, come into my heart and just surrender my all. I was tired of being one foot in, one foot out. Like, I was going to a lie, but at the same time, I was still not fully committed to Jesus. But once I made that commitment to him and telling him that I wanted him to give me my all, guys, I have been changed since. And I never want to go back to those days where it was party after party or boy talking to every boy I wanted to. So I just want to recommend and really strongly encourage you guys to just go all, surrender your life to Christ and just, like, tell him, like, you're done trying. Like, you want him to be in your heart because I promise you it's the best decision I've ever made. Thanks, guys.
0: Amen. Give it up for Miranda. And Jesus. Come on. Well, hey guys, my name is Leah, and I'm one of the leaders here. And again, we're just so glad that you're here with us tonight. And yeah, just after hearing Miranda share her story, I just, yeah, just looking at her, there's just so much joy and just the presence of the Lord. And then, so I just believe that there's an invitation tonight just for us to go deeper. So we guys stand. And uh, normally we like to kick off our services with more of an upbeat song, but just as we were praying over the night, I just really felt the Lord say that we're supposed to just start and just really not worry about who's next to us or what our day's been like or our week's been like, but just take a moment and just say, God, I'm here. I'm here for you. And so I'm just going to pray over us and uh, the band's just going to play through some chords and I just believe the Lord just wants us to just take a moment and just give our all to him. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you here. And I just thank you for your love. And, um, God, thank you that you're so worthy of our praise. Thank you that you're so worthy of every song that we're ever going to sing. And so I just tell any distraction just to be gone right now any fears I just say be gone right now in Jesus name God we're here because we love you and we're here to worship you tonight
2: saints come
3: okay to say, you know, Lord, I believe, but help my own belief. Right? And one thing that separates us being God's elect from anyone else is that we have faith. So even even when we don't really see the truth right now, we know God will do something. So faith is your belief in what's going to happen. You know, the enemy believes in God. He believes in the Holy Spirit. But as sons and daughters of God, we have something different, we have faith that God's always going to be there for us. So I would just encourage you guys in this next song to just let your walls down and just be honest with the Lord and just say, God, I want to be real, you know. I need you to soften my heart, you know, to break me apart and just show me how in need I am of you every day and that it's okay to not always believe Just open your heart to God.
4: Yeah, guys. I just encourage you to sing this over your circumstances right now, wherever you're at with the Lord, whatever you're going through. I just feel like we're even supposed to take a risk and just sing this out all together as one body, one family. Sing this over yourself and sing this over each other. even when we feel broken, you're not. And I was just sitting here asking the Lord what he wanted to say tonight. I, I did prepare something. But I just heard Mark six, Mark sixteen six. And I opened that up and it says, it says this. It's a story of when Jesus was raised from the dead and the people were looking for him. And it says, don't be afraid, he said, You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. Well, guess what? It doesn't say that, but it says this. (laughs) He was, he has risen. He is not here anymore. See the place where they laid him? Now go, tell his disciples and tell Peter that he is going ahead of you. There you will see him. God, I just thank you, Father that you truly did die on that cross for us, and you truly did raise from the dead, that you rose again, and that even for his own disciples, and even for your, the people that lived in that time, it took faith to believe it. It took faith that someone just didn't steal your body or move your body, but that you rose again, that you conquered death, and that you appeared to people. And even before people saw you, they chose to believe in you. And God, I pray right now that we would be a people that that does not live by sight, but that lives by faith, and that we will choose to believe that you are working in and through our circumstances even before we see the outcome of it. So God, I pray that this song would be your anthem tonight, Father. That even when everything seems like it's crumbling around us and people are pointing the finger and criticizing us and not believing us, that we will stand on faith, and we will stand on you. That you are a good Father and you will continue to move And so, God, we say right now that you are risen, and we believe that you are risen, and just like you rose again, you will rise, us, over our circumstances, over the storms, over the hardships of this life, (sighs) that we can look at where you used to lay and say, you're not there anymore that one day we would look back at our lives where we're at right now and say, we're not there anymore either. So God, let this song be the anthem of not just tonight, but of our lives. That even though we are weak, you make us strong, you make us, you make us brave with us wherever we go. Eric, can we just declare this one more time, man? Can we just go after it one more time? Come on, guys, let's sing this out one more time. says that your grace is sufficient for us, for your power is made perfect in weakness. I thank you, Father, that your word says that we will boast in our weakness, because in our weakness, Christ, your power rests on us. Your, your power meets us in our weakness. Your power overcomes our weakness. Your power strengthens us in our weakness. So I thank you, Father, that we can be weak because you are strong. And you are faithful to show up time and time again. So God, I thank you that you want to do something new tonight, Father. I thank you, Father, that people didn't come to hear me or hear a band, but they came to meet you. So Father, I just want to say, I believe that no one is going to leave tonight untouched and unspoken to by you. I thank you that you are here, that you rose again. And I thank you that in our weakness, Father, You make us strong, and you make us brave, and that our lives are built upon you and your faith. We love you, Father, and we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys have a seat, please. Give it up for the worship band. Awesome job, Eric, bringing it. Thanks. Well, what's up, everyone? It's good to see you. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah? Yeah? No. I'm not happy about Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's all right. One day you will be. <laughs> uh, most of my life I wasn't, but now I like it. Because I know Vitor, and he makes my life a lot happy. (laughs) Um, If you're not happy about Valentine's Day, just find Vitor after. He'll give you a hug and maybe even sing you a song if you're lucky, in English and Spanish. Um, Well, hey, thank you so much for coming out. My name is Ryan. If you are new here, uh, we're just so excited and thankful to have you. Um, What's up, everyone who's not new? A lot of friendly faces. Uh, And thank you just for spending your Valentine's Day with us. Yo, know, something, oh, wow, uh, it's the wrong s- slide, Vanna, if someone can help her out, <laughs> but it's close. <laughs> it's a good guy, Man, that guy looks a little weird, but, you know, <laughs> gnomes or Mariah, can you run back and help her? Thanks. Um well, hey, guys, we are going through the book of Luke, and uh, if you've been with us, we've been looking through the book of Luke, and we are excited. Kundai gave an awesome message last week. If you weren't here, definitely check that out on the podcast. He brought it. Um, next week, we have another awesome speaker coming. No, not myself. Um, sorry if that you were excited about that, um, but you'll just have to wait and come and see who she is, but it is a she, so get pumped. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, again, like in the announcement said, in two weeks we are going to be at More Love and po- More Love, More Power. But we've never canceled an Alive, and we're not going to cancel Alive. Um, we are going to move everyone there. So again, you guys all get to come for free. We're going to have seats where we can all sit together. So please come out, um, and we're just going to call it, you know, Alive at More Love, More Power. Um, if you've never been to a Christian conference, um, definitely come out, and it's going to be awesome. Brett, right, can you run back there see if they need help? It's out uh, the file, 214. Um, awesome. Well, hey, so I want to ask you, Kundai left us with a question last week, and he asked us, what is the foundation that we are going to build our life on? Austin, can you turn me down just a little bit? I'll project when I get excited. You know how I do. <laughs> um, and he asked us, what is the foundation we are going to build our life on? And I felt like as the Lord takes us through chapter seven and eight, it's on that theme because each chapter runs together. Each story comes together. And again, if you, this is your first time or if you just don't remember, we're reading the book of Luke and Luke wrote it to his friend Theophilus to remind him to the reason he believes. To remind him even though you're going through persecution, you're going through hardship and the church is under attack right now, remember the reason you believe. And that's why he was writing. So as you read these stories, as we listen to the theme, remind yourself, if a friend wrote you, if your best friend wrote you, Hannah, and said, this is the reason you believe, that's why Luke is writing to Theo. I like to call him Theo. His real name's Theophilus. Lacey liked that, so I thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) And so Kundai challenged us. He said, what is the foundation that we're living our life on? And as I was reading through this ch- these chapters 7 and 8, I, that, that question just kept ringing true to me. What is the foundation that I'm building my life on? And, and as I was thinking about that, I was brought back to a time when I was in high school. And I was kicked out of my house. And I remember I was just going through a really hard time in life. And I didn't know what was happening or what was going on. And I remember the only place I knew that was home to me, that was safe to me, was, of course, my high school football stadium. <laughs> and I went there, and I just remember feeling so lost. And, and Dale, I don't know if you've ever felt like a time where your, your foundation is just shook, Yes, I you just use the word shook. You like that, Naomi? They challenged me to use the word shook, woke, and lit in a sermon. So we'll see if I can do it. Michael Sacco might need to help me, though. Um, <laughs> but I, I literally was shook. I actually didn't even mean to do that. That just happened. So you like, that, Mariah. Do I get extra brownie points for that? <laughs> um, but I was so shaken, and I didn't know what was going on and where my life was going. And I just remember yelling out up at the sky, like, Lord, who am I? Who am I and where are you? If you're so good, why aren't you helping me through this? Felt like my family had forsaken me. I just wasn't the person that I wanted to be. I didn't know where I was going in life. I was about to go off to college. All my friends was going to Bowling Green State University. It's a college in Ohio. And I just didn't know who I was. I felt lost. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you've just felt Shaken? Or you just didn't know who you were or what your foundation was built on. Think about that. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you will be there again in the future. Or maybe you have been. And what is the foundation that your life will be built on? Remember that question as we look through these stories today. Will you pray with me? Father, I just thank you, God that you are our foundation. And Father, I just pray that you would come and speak to us, inspire us, remind us the reason we believe, God. So whether we're in a storm or not, we would be reminded and we would have our roots go deep in you. I pray, Father, for mustard mustard seed faith right now, that you would encourage us and inspire us and draw us closer to you. Come and speak and have your way, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So remember that question, and I'm going to tell a lot of stories. There's a lot of content, so I'm going to try to go fast, but um, I felt like uh, these stories were good. So I want to encourage you. um, I know a lot of times we put the scripture on the screen. If this is your first time, we normally do that, Um, or sometimes you open up your Bibles or your phones, but... We, we practice preach in front of, um, uh, I have a team that I practice preach in front of, Kundai does, and all the speakers, and they actually encouraged me, I don't know, I guess I have a good reading voice, they said, but they actually encouraged me to ask you to put your phones down, so that way if I see you on your phones, I know you're texting someone and not look, reading the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to actually like even close your eyes, but if you're going to fall asleep, don't close your eyes. I see you, (laughs) Um, but to actually just listen to the word of God, because it says in this book that we grow in our faith by hearing the word of God, and so I would encourage you to listen with fresh ears tonight and fresh hearts. Listen to the word of the Lord. When Jesus had finished saying all these things to the people, he entered a town called Capernaum, there there's a centurion servant whom his master valued highly. He was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves for you to do this. He deserves for you to heal him. We he loves he sorry. Because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you myself. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd and following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Wow. And I read that story and and maybe you've heard that story before. Basically, imagine yourself having a friend or a coworker, someone you love, and they are about to die. And you become desperate. You become so desperate. Whatever is inside you, you hear Jesus is coming through the town. Can you go shut those doors for me, please? Um, you, you hear Jesus coming into town, and all you know is we've tried everything, and all that matters is me finding Jesus. And it's amazing that Jesus said that Jesus was amazed at this man's faith. And friends, before we even start going into this thing, I just believe God wants us to know one thing, Paul, that we can actually amaze God. That this century and this dude who had so much faith, he said, hey, Lo, I believe that you can heal this person. You don't even need to come to help. Just say the word and he'll be healed. He was so desperate for this man to be healed, but he had so much faith that all mattered to him was for Jesus to say that he would be healed, and he would. And so again, Michael, when we ask ourselves, what is our lives going to be built on? I think Luke, and most of all, God, is cluing us into something. Why is this story right after the story of the wise and foolish builders that build their house on the rock. Is God trying to show us something, Eric, that we can amaze God when we live with something that this centurion had? The story goes on to continue. Well, a new story, but the scripture goes on to continue. In verse 11, says this. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother being carried, or the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw his, his, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Wow. Again, these aren't just fairy tales. These aren't just myths. Put yourself in the story. The one person you love the most in this world just suddenly passes away, but just then Jesus comes walking by, and what does he do? He heals the person you love the most. And I love that, and that's an amazing story in itself, but I actually don't want to focus on that aspect right now. That's for another message. But I believe the Lord wants to show us through this message is that what what was Jesus' response? He said, don't cry. And his heart went out to her. And I believe that if our lives are going to be built on faith, if our lives are going to be built on Jesus, he wants us to know, that his heart goes out to us, that he has compassion and mercy for us, but we also have to be willing to talk to him, to trust him, and to believe that he's gonna show up. I just love in verse 16, it said, they were filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. And then it says this, God has come to help his people. I love that verse. God has come to help his people. I believe, Lucas, God wants you and all of us to know They didn't just come to help his people 2,000 years ago, but he came to help his people today. He came to help us. He came to help you. And I believe that's an important thing if our lives are going to be built on faith, if our lives are going to be built on something that matters in Jesus Christ. Do we believe in his character? Do we believe in his heart? That, that when he healed people, and that when he prayed for people, that when he gave sight to the blind and deaf to the hearing, that when he helped people, he did it out of compassion and out of love. And that he still, still does that today. That when we cry, it says every tear he knows, every hair on our, heart, on our head is numbered, or for me, the lack of my hair. <laughs> Thanks for laughing, Kundai. <laughs> but that he cares about us. Oh, Caleb laughed too. Thanks, Caleb. <laughs> that he knows us. I don't know about you, but if you have a good friend that you love, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or a fiance. You trust them. You believe that they have your best interest. You, be, you believe probably. Carol, I know you love Lindsay. You guys are BFFs, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Best friends <laughs> forever. Um, but you guys are there for each other. You trust each other. The girls you live with in the house, you guys are there for each other. to pray with each other, the guys you live with, right? We know that they're there for us. Do we trust, Michael, that Jesus is there for us? Do we trust that he cares about the plans of our life, Eric Ortega, and that when we look to him, he will help us, he will guide us? That when we ask for him for something, Eric, do we believe by faith that he answers? That when it says, knock on the door, it will be answered. Ask and you will receive. That he says, come to me when all of you are weak and weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That he wants us to come to him. I just believe that's an important part that God and Luke are trying to remind us when we talk about this thing of faith. Because I know if I don't ask, I'm not going to have much. And I believe one of the most important prayers we can have through the good times and the bad times is, Lord, give me faith. Give me faith. Even when I'm weak, I love that song. Give me faith and help me believe. What is Luke trying to remind Theo? What is Luke trying to remind us? Let our foundation be built on faith. But how will we get there? By trusting, by asking that Jesus cares and will be there for us. The scripture goes on after that, and it kind of goes back to his cousin, John the Baptist. Remember John? We've heard about him a little bit. And I'm going to kind of just glance over this quickly But, you know, I believe there's something important in this where John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. We heard that he leapt in his mother's womb when Mary came and was pregnant with Jesus. That John the Baptist, you know, went to prepare the way for Jesus. But I think John the Baptist even struggled at times. He still had doubts. He still wrestled with things. And he sends his disciples to live with Jesus, to watch Jesus, because he hears of everything that Jesus is doing. And his disciples say, Jesus, are you really the Messiah? Are you really the chosen one? Are you really the one that everyone is waiting for and believing is going to come? And I just love how Jesus answered. He says, have you, never, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? Um, sorry, wrong page. <laughs> I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> um, all right, so yes, here we go. <laughs> so he replied, gosh, stay there, stop moving. <laughs> so he replied to his messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, And and the good news is being preached to the poor. Blessed are the people who do not fall away on account of me. I just love that, guys. Because people, even people we love, even people who mean the best for us, people will doubt us at times. People will doubt our faith. When I felt like God told me to go around the world on this thing called the World Race, after I spent three years getting a master's degree in seminary, people thought I was crazy. I just spent three years getting student loans and getting this degree so that I could do ministry, and my family hoped and prayed that I would finally get paid at some point in my life for it. And and but I. I God called me to it. I just knew. I knew it in my heart. I knew it in my bones that I had to go, that I had to get outside of America and outside of the walls of, 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 of a classroom and go experience God and the people that I was meeting and the cultures that I was going to. I knew I had things in my life that needed to be broken by living in a tent and eating rice and beans. I just knew I needed this experience, Vitor. I couldn't explain it. And yes, people I love doubted it but also people supported it. And guys, when we're doubted, when we're questioned, when we're critiqued, whether that's by our enemies or our friends, whether it's by people we trust or people we don't, I I believe John or Luke is showing us something. Let your character and let your life speak for itself. Jesus didn't defend himself. He just said, hey, go tell him what you've heard. Let him decide for himself. Go tell him what you've seen. I love the quote that says, Preach the gospel at all times, only when necessary, use words. And I think about that because a prayer that I have in my life a lot is Lord, let me be someone that lives this thing out. Let me be someone that walks the walk before I talk the talk. I talk a lot, so I must be doing a lot of walking. (laughs) Um, Some of you are like, Man, amen to that. I wish he talked a little less, to be honest. (laughs) But man, like, let it, I, I believe he just said, Look at the evidence. Just like that song we say, look at the evidence of the miracle all around. The heaven is coming to earth, and what if that's happening through our lives, Pralav? What if that's happening through our character and the way we live when people are looking when no one's looking? And then I just love it goes down and, and then the Pharisees and the scribes are criticizing Jesus and saying, well, well you know, you do this, you know, and, and you're not supposed to do this. And then, he, and then they criticize John and says, well, John doesn't do this or vice versa. And Jesus is just like, guys, you're picking apart everything. You're missing the heart of it. You're missing the heart. You're trying to find perfection, but you're missing the heart behind all the rules and all the, the things that we do. And guys, there's going to be people like that in your life. And you're just going to have to decide sometimes and look at the motives of their heart and and ask yourself, what are you listening to? Are you listening to critique? Are you listening to doubt? Are people sowing doubt in your life, critique in your life, or faith in your life? And what kind of people are we being to others? And that doesn't mean we just pat everyone on the back and we just agree with them, Haley. We can challenge them, right? We can inspire them. We can look them in the eye and encourage them in faith. We can test them and have them be tested in scripture and community and prayer, but are we people that are living on faith and not by sight? And when you're tested and when you're challenged, let your character and the fruit of your life speak for itself. I'm learning that more than anything right now. And after that, again, there's these stories and they play off each other. They go back to back. And I believe it's just amazing as you read this again from a letter from Luke that's reminding Theo and reminding us why we believe. If you look at the order of the scripture and order of the stories, it's really fascinating. And so right after this, there's this story about Jesus being anointed by a sinful woman. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, so he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at his table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him, it, um, as she as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Okay, can we just stop? Raise your hand if you've never heard this story before. All right, like, thank you for your honesty. So everyone else has heard this story, right? Can we just imagine? Imagine that we are at our boss's house for dinner right now. Our boss who is very strict and is critiquing pretty much everything we do. Or maybe, all right, imagine you're at your professor's house. What, your hardest class of your professor, your econ professors right now, or your engineer professors, I don't know. (laughs) Imagine you're at their house for dinner, and straight up, a woman from the streets come in. She probably smelled a little bit. She probably, you know... I don't know. You, you let your imagination take you there. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but she starts coming and crying at your feet and then wiping your feet. Well, one, she takes her shoes off, that would make me uncomfortable. <laughs> and she starts wiping your feet, like straight up. Imagine what the person who's criticizing you, who's critiquing you, is going to think. I- imagine that. Put yourself in the story. When they, and it says this, when the Pharisees who, invite, who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him. And what kind of woman is she that she is a sinner? Dude, how many people have we heard like that? Oh, if this is happens, then this is the way it would be. Oh, if they were really who they said they were, this would happen. It, that judgment, that critical spirit that criticizes everything you do and misses the heart of who you are. That's what a Pharisee and a scribe is, guys, and let us not be people who are like that because I promise you when you go through a season of other people being like that, you'll never want to be like that again in your life. He say, tell me, teacher, he said, who is she? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. So Jesus said to him, Simon, (laughs) I have something to tell you. His His buddy Simon was there. So I'm at, I'm at my boss's house, and I decide to take Owen with me. And I look over. I'm like, Owen, oh, I have something to teach you. He's like, okay, teacher, tell me. Owen likes to call me teacher once in a while. <laughs> he said, two men owed, owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them neither of them, uh, had the money to pay him back. So he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them would lo- will, which of them will love him more and be more thankful for it. Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, yet you did not give me any, any water for my, for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Yet you did not, you, you did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she has loved much. But he who has been forgiven, little loves little. And I just love that. Jesus just cuts right to the heart of it. He says, I don't care if this is making you uncomfortable. I don't care if this is weird, because I see her heart. Yes, maybe this might not be political correct or culturally correct, but I see her heart. And you know what? She's done a lot of sin in this life, but she's been forgiven a lot. And she has something has broken her in the best kind of way to say, I don't care. Nothing's going to hold me back from Jesus. Again, I think there's a desperation here she's been so desperate to be forgiven and to be restored that she said nothing is going to hold me back from getting to Jesus. And when I get to him, I don't have a lot, but the one thing I own is this perfume and I'm going to give I'm going to put this on his feet. I'm going to kiss his feet. I'm going to wipe his feet with my hair. I know it sounds weird. But I think the heart of the story is, do we love Jesus that much that we're not going to let anyone hold us back? from spending our lives with him, Lace, from running after him. If you're in a relationship right now and your partner's not running after Jesus like you are, I think you seriously have to have a conversation with God, yourself, and them. And I'm not saying that because I want anyone to break up, but seriously, are we, are we going to settle for something that's not God's best for us? Are we going to run the race for Jesus because that's how much he loves us and that's what he has for us? I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being held back by fear, doubt, or what other people think of me. That guy that won on the world race seven years ago, I didn't give a crap what people thought of me. I love my family, but I didn't care what they thought because I knew God called me. And sometimes I love my job, I love being in America, but we can get consumed, Kenzie, with what people think of us. We can get consumed of what logic says or, or, or the opinions of man or the opinions of people. But what about the opinions of God, Kristen? Are we going to run after him? Are we going to say, I don't care, Jesus, what it takes. I'm coming after you. And I'm going to give you my all because he sees our hearts. Whether it looks weird or we don't sing well or preach well or do whatever well, he sees our hearts. And he meets us in our failures. He meets us in our weaknesses. I don't know about you, but I've sinned a lot in my life. I have. And I know some of you have too. Kundai's been perfect all of his, but not me. (laughs) Megan probably has too. (laughs) But if you sinned a lot, you've also experienced the grace of God. And if you've been forgiven, I don't know how you judge others. And if you do, ask God to remind you how you've been judged. And that will soften our heart like Eric's saying. He goes on and he says, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, of course, they're going to talk. Who is this who can even forgive sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Moving on to chapter 8, there's a story about a parable of the sower, and many of you, I'm sure, have heard this story before, and and the the story goes on where Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of God, and there's a large crowd gathering around him, and he starts sharing a parable, and he says this, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the the, the seed, some fell along the path, it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants, which, which uh, w- withered because they had no moisture for the roots to go deep. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop, and a hundred times more than, that it, than was sown. And the disciples said, Lord, Lord, explain us this, what this means. What does this mean? And in verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while from for a season, but in time of testing and perseverance, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by, life, by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, so they do not mature and grow up. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, And by persevering, produces a crop. Listen to the word of God, friends. I really felt for this message I was supposed to read a lot of the word of God over you. Because again, by hearing, we grow in faith. And I want to ask, what's in your heart? What kind of soil is in your heart? I know when I get worried about life, it's hard to believe in the promises of God When the enemy comes with lies or fears, which he often tries to do in many of us, it's hard to believe the word of God. But it says we will be tested. And in another verse of the Bible, it says our faith must finish its work by perseverance so that we can grow up and be mature and not lack anything. So friends, when we are tested, what kind of heart are we going to have? And I want to say right now, if you're not where you want to be, one, you're not alone. I'm not fully where I want to be. And that's a journey. And that's why we have small groups. That's why we have Alive. That's why people come at 5 o'clock to start setting up all this stuff so that we can grow together in our faith, Miranda. We haven't got there. Maybe Owen has, but I haven't. Is Owen even here? I don't even see him. Oh, he's back there somewhere. I'm going to start talking about Austin soon. Don't worry. They're a team. (laughs) But when we're tested, what are we going to do? And I want to say it's a choice. It's a choice. If you don't have the right kind of soil in your heart, I want to say it's a choice. And the game and the story isn't over. And I believe this parable is essential to where he put it because he's saying we will be tested. And when we hear the word of God and when we hear the goodness and the truth of God in our hearts and our lives, will we protect it? Will we retain it? Will we keep it and persevere even when all odds seem against us? Even when the people, our people, our friends, even our family seem against us? Will we cling to who he is and to the truth and promises over our lives? Will we remember the reason we believe? Right after this story, it's just amazing. In verse 21, Jesus is out doing what he was called to do, preaching and proclaiming and living the kingdom of God. And his family came to try to get him. I don't know, maybe they had dinner or something. And his disciples say, hey, your family is here. Your family is here. And he says, no, they're not my family. And they're like, what? And he replies, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Jesus denied his own mother and his family and his brothers because he was so focused on where he was going and what he was doing. I see you, Mariah. Thank you. (laughs) He wouldn't be distracted because he knew his calling, Paul. And he says, my family, I think he loved his mom. We know he loved his mom. We know he loved the disciples. We know he loved his brothers. But even the people we love sometimes can distract us, right? I love my fiance right now, but unless if she starts trying to talk to me, I'm gonna say, hey, I'm doing what God called me to do. I can't talk right now. Do we stay focused and run the race, focusing on Him, living by faith and not by sight? And I want to ask you, friends, just like I would want you to ask me, because that's what family does. How are we practicing our faith? How are we putting our faith into practice? Oh, she found it. Thanks, Vanna how are we practicing our faith? Because I don't know about you, but practice makes perfect. And as we practice it, when we're in the union, or we're in the bookstore, or we're in the grocery store, and the Lord tugs at our heart and wants us to pray for someone, and we step out in faith and we do it, whether they want us to pray or not, whether we give a word that makes sense or not, do we live by faith and not by sight? And I promise you, as you keep stepping out and choose faith over fear, choose faith over sight, and when you keep stepping out and you keep practicing this thing that we talk about and sing about, I promise you, Vitor, you will get stronger. I promise you you will get bolder. Out being on the world race, I, I saw crazy things, crazy things. And God would tell me to go up to crazy people and give them words and prayer, and sometimes they wouldn't receive it. <laughs> One time I was in a country that literally, if you proclaim the name of Jesus, you could be arrested or something worse. I don't say this to boast on me, and and I met all these little kids after our ministry, I would go jogging. And I met about 50 kids, you know, middle school age, and I started playing soccer with them. They had never heard of Jesus. All they knew is that you could not talk about Jesus. This was in a Muslim country. And, and, and the last day before I w- left, I, I, I never talked about Jesus. I just lived this thing. I would always wear a cross. And I, I ran out, and I, I, get, I had all this stuff, and I gave them these, these necklaces and these things, and I started telling them about Jesus. And I had one of these kids translate for me. And I started telling them about Jesus. And then I said, all right, love you, and I got to go. <laughs> and I ran home, and I was leaving for the next day, and I was maybe a little scared. <laughs> but I stepped out in faith. I remember a a lady in that same country at a grocery store that we went to the grocery store, and I got to know, and I wrote her a letter telling her about Jesus. And some of my teammates were even scared. They were scared we were going to get arrested. They were scared they were going to come after me. And even as I'm telling these kids, some of them had smiles and some of them were shaking their heads because they grew up with their parents saying never to learn about Jesus. And I don't say that to boast on me. If you know me, I'm kind of a wimp. But when the Spirit of the Lord comes on me and when he speaks to me, I'll do radical and bold things. And it's not me, but it's him through me, him in me. On, so what is, what is God calling you? What is God asking you to do, Eric Lee? How are we practicing our faith that we believe? Are we closet Christians? Are we opening up, living this thing, living by faith and not by sight, speaking but most of all doing? How are we influencing our classmates? How are we influencing the people around us in our lives? Are we practicing the word of God? Some people will never read the Bible. They'll never read it. But by knowing you, by knowing you, Miranda, by knowing you, Paul, by knowing you, Austin, they'll hear the word of God. They'll see the word of God. They'll feel the word of God through our lives, Michael, through our hearts. Yes, when we quote scripture, but most of all, when we live scripture, Think about that. What if you are the only book, the only Bible that they'll ever see or read? What is the foundation of our lives? So, after that, Jesus, I'm going to tell two more quick stories. And actually, I'll call the band up now if you guys want to come up. And there's a story about Jesus calming the storm. And he says one day he took the disciples and they got in a boat and they went to the other side of the lake and a big storm arose. A squall, a, squall, a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. But Jesus was sleeping. I just love this story. And the disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind. And the raging waters and the storm stopped, and all was calm. And then he looked at them and he said, Where is your faith? I just feel like in that moment, Jesus was saying, Where's your faith? Do you not know that I'm with you? Do you not know that I'm in the boat with you? And even though the waters are raging out there, I'm right here. Where is your faith? I encourage you, as you read these chapters when you go home, as you come to the Bible study, look at how many times faith are in these stories. What are our lives being built on? And what storm are you in right now that God's saying, stop looking at the waves, stop looking at the wind, stop looking at outside of the boat, but remember the one who's inside the boat with you. I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of that. It's not always easy, Sadie, but when we remember that, it makes all the difference. Will we be people that help us remember that? Will we be people that focus on the exterior circumstances coming against us? Or will we be people who remember and remind others of the truth of God? Because as we speak and live the truth of God, we grow in our faith. One last story, and this might be my favorite out of all of them there's a a little girl that is dying, and her father Jarius is desperate again. It's another story of desperation, and I wonder if that's a clue and that's a hint that desperation can actually breed faith and he does whatever he can to go to find Jesus because Jesus is his only hope at this point. And Jesus agrees to come to his house to see his little girl, to help her. And he's going through a big town and a lot of people have heard about Jesus and the wonders that he's performing and are trying to talk to him and trying to get his attention. Maybe imagine the, the one person you want to meet right now, walking in right now. Everyone would want to talk to them. And yet there's another person in this story, an elderly woman who who has had internal bleeding and no one has been able to help her. And she sees Jesus walk by. And at this moment, she's like, only if I can touch the cloth on his robe, if I can just touch him, I know I'll be healed. Again, this incredible faith. And she goes and she touches his cloth of his robe, and he he feels the power leave him, and she's healed like that. And he stops and he asks, who touched me? Who touched me? Like, he already knows. And he said, daughter, again, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? And so he then is kind of held up in time, and Jarius His friend comes and he says, your daughter has died. Again, a very similar story. The one person you love the most has just died. Some of you may know that pain or a pain similar to that. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jarius, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. What in your life needs to be healed today, friends? What in your heart needs to be healed today? And when you hear the Father say, Come to me, look to me, remember me that I am with you, remember. The healer that healed all these people in these stories and don't be afraid and just believe I remember being in high school feeling that way feeling forgotten feeling forsaken feeling alone feeling like God wasn't for me And even now, I'm in a situation right now where if I'm being honest, I have some days I have a lot of hope and other days I don't. And it's a battle that I can't win by myself. But I know the one who can. And so whatever battle you're in right now, friends, I just want to say you're not alone. And I want to ask you, what is the foundation that you want your life to be built on? I want to have a foundation of faith that I don't just become who everyone else wants me to become, but I live by faith and not by sight. Knowing that even through times of testing and perseverance, that there will be times that I fall down, but he's always there to pick me back up. And in times that I can't believe, I'm thankful for the friends, the family that he surrounded me with that will help me believe but what kind of people will we be? Because it also says in the book that a person without vision will perish. And I wanna make a decision today, love. a decision today, whether we're in this storm or we're not, Ashley, that we will be people of faith. And if we're not in a storm, Blaine, we'll help other people be people of faith. And we'll be reminded of the truth and the love and the power that lives within us. That we'll be reminded that Jesus rose from the, the grave. That he rose and that, just like Mark said, he wasn't there any longer, Hannah. What kind of people will we be? I want to be someone that doesn't criticize, that doesn't judge, that doesn't get drowned out by the worries or the fears in this world. But that believes by faith. And when, and then when the good Lord takes me home, And one day it will happen that we'll have a legacy, that we were people who loved him very much, that we're willing to look radical and stupid and silly for him, that we lived by faith. I don't know about you, but that's the prayer for my life and for this ministry and family, that we'd be a family. Lives by faith and not by sight. So, Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you that you come to us and you say to look to me and to see me. And I thank you, God, that you don't give your heart in pieces. And I thank you, Father, that it's because of how much you love us that you help us love you and you help us love others. So Father, I pray that this faith and this even alive thing and even the people for the leaders and Austin and Owen and Leah and myself and Naomi and Mariah and all the people that set up and Gabe who plays drums every week, that this thing would never come routine to us, God. And when it does, bring us to our knees, open our hearts and remind us how much we need you in the good seasons and the bad. That when we are weak, you make us strong. And then when we're in a situation and we feel judged and critiqued and alone and forgotten and and the storm and the raging waters around us seem like we're going to drown, let us remember that that light is at the end of the tunnel. That you are in the boat with us. That You are in the boat of our hearts. And that you are taking us deeper in your word and your truth and your love. And that we can look to you and talk to you and cry to you because you care for us and you remember us, that you came to help us. So Father, I pray that you help us look to you. And I pray through this song and these next songs, whether it's sitting in your seat, whether it's my friend sitting in their seat or going to get prayer from one of the leaders on the side, that they will feel your love hear your truth and know that they're not
1: alone. In Jesus' name.
4: hand next to you so that we're all linked up. because your arms are going to get tired. Hold on. I'm going to have Micah share a quick word, and then we're going to go back into something to close out this night, but I just want to say right now that this world needs you, that we need each other, and you are alive in this room and on this campus
5: for a reason. Yeah, most of you probably heard that there was a shooting today, and I'm going to try to do this without just breaking down in front of all. Imagine if the person that you approach in a gas station to go and ask just to pray for them. You just go say, hey, can I pray for you? And they just break down, and the Spirit just hits them so hard, and they give their life to Christ. And you would never know, but what if that person the day before was thinking about going to shoot up a school? And you stopped that because you just stepped out in a gas station. It's so easy, guys. It's so easy just to step out and just to go and say, hey, can I pray for you? And it changes lives, guys. It changes everything. And I fully believe that that we can prevent things like this, that, that we're called to prevent things like this, that we're called to step out and be Jesus to people so things like that don't happen. So I thank you, Jesus, just for courage right now. Just step out. And when it seems like a hard decision, it seems like a scary decision that Jesus is saying, just ask. Just ask. The next move of God is not not inside a church. It's as the church. It's us being the church. It's sitting in your seat, standing where you're standing right now. It's holding on to your hand right now, guys. Jesus wants to move through you, and it's so easy. It's just as easy as saying, hey, can I pray for you? So I just encourage you to step out. Just when you're walking to class, or you're sitting at the Ike, or you're studying or something like that, just to, you see someone, and I, and I know, and I speak this over right now, that God's just gonna highlight people to you, and it's gonna feel it's gonna feel awkward to not step out and ask them if you can just pray for them. So I thank you, Jesus, right now just for courage. Thank you, Father, for courage. Everybody just put your hands out like this right now and just receive this. I thank you, Father, just for courage. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just fill right now. Father, just courage, just be released in this room. A new thing is going to start tonight and it's going to be so easy for you just to step out and ask those questions. Mark Marks is a Uh, an Irish pastor, he said, it's called called the miracle question. Can I pray for you? It changes lives. There's so many people that I know that their lives were so changed, so radically transformed just because someone came up to them in a Taco Bell and said, hey, can I pray for you? It's amazing what that can do. Brian Welch, who's the lead guitarist of Corn. his life changed because somebody came up to him in a restaurant and said, hey, can I pray for you? They didn't even know who he was. And now he's changing 40, 50 lives a show by just bringing them backstage and praying for them and telling his testimony. At corn concerts, guys, imagine how tough that is. And we're afraid to step out on a gas station. So I just encourage you guys, it's such an easy thing to do. It seems so scary. Trust me, it seems scary to me, but you do it and you keep doing it and then it just gets easier and easier each time and the devil's gonna come at you because he knows that that person's life can get transformed you just step out. So I thank you, Jesus, for courage. I thank you, Jesus, for just the overwhelming love that you have just to be poured out into our hearts even more so that we get overwhelmed by the love that you have for the people that are there who don't know you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
4: Yeah, that was good, Micah. So right now, I want you to think of those people I want you to think of the family members, and the friends, and the, the people that live in the dorms, or your apartments, or your classes, or your sports team, or your track team, Caleb. That You are called to be on that track team for a reason, Caleb. Abel, I'm speaking to you too right now, man. You're on this campus for a reason. You're a student here in this country for a reason. That we are alive right now for a reason. And are we gonna live by faith, or are we gonna live by fear, Vitor? Are we gonna do this thing, be in God's hands and feet and heartbeat, like Micah said? And when the Spirit prompts us, will we live out? Will we step out? And I promise, if you don't know this thing, if you're just going, but you're just going through the motions, start stepping out. Start taking risks, and watch how your faith rises. Watch how your faith grows. Austin, you're back there doing sign, but you are a warrior, and God has called you, and this campus needs you. Your friends need you. One day, you guys are going to graduate. If you're a senior, you got three more months on this campus, and then you're gone. What impact are you going to leave? So, you grab the neighbor next to you, grab their hand, and lift our arms up. And let's sing this thing out one more time and declare that He does make us brave. And that every time there is fear or there's faith, but He makes us brave. And what are we going to choose? And I don't know about you, but I want to choose to be brave. I want to choose to be brave. Come on, band. I need your help. Let's go. I want to choose to be brave. And when I hear this song, I still get chills in my heart because He makes us brave. And there will be fear. But will we look for say, God, you make us brave. 2011 that the Lord is with us like a mighty warrior that each and every one of us has the warrior spirit of God living within us and some of you are loud like me and don't mind yelling and screaming but others of you are quiet and gentle but also fierce and strong because you're rooted in him so God I just bless the warrior hearts and the warrior spirits that you make us brave. I thank you where the spirit of the Lord is that there's freedom, and that perfect love casts out fear. So God, help us be people that look fear right in the eye with the warrior hearts and the courageous spirits that you've given us. I just bless us with Joshua 1.9 to be strong and courageous to not be terrified or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with us wherever we go.
0: Yeah, Father, I just thank you for this night. I just thank you that you give us courage to choose faith to believe in you and in each other. I thank you for each and every one of your children in this room tonight and how you've touched them. And God, I just feel like we're all supposed to know that you believe in us too.
4: a cliche but I just really felt like I heard the Lord say that he needs us and that he needs you and I don't know about you but when Mary Jane or a good friend or any of you need me that lights me up and I want to be there for you and I want to be there for God each and every one of us have been chosen and handpicked for a reason go deep into your hearts and on the tough days remember that and the scary moments when you feel led like Micah said to reach out to someone and you're afraid let that encourage and inspire you to do so you are alive for a reason and you're also his valentine (laughs) yes I just said that (laughs) I had to land the plane somehow and Micah's like and now I'm leaving (laughs) but Seriously, you're his valentine, and I had to wait 30 years of my life to find my other valentine. But uh, be encouraged that he loves you and he delights in you. He says that he delights over you and sings over you in Zemphaniah 317, and he quiets you with his love. So if you're not in a relationship and this day brings sadness, take heart. I was there for a long time, and one day you probably won't be. But even if you always are, you're never alone and you always have him. So on this day, whether you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or not, remember that you have a valentine that loves you and that pursues you and that is always with you. Thanks so much for coming out and spending Valentine's Day with us. We hope to see you next week. Make sure to get some Alive gear on your way out and have a great night. See you, everyone.
2: so die.